right. I'm no David Letterman here, so we'll see. More of a what? More of an Ellen. Um, okay, so I, I kind of asked my kids, or one of my children, uh, for some questions too. So they're kind of they're kind of mixed in here. Um, but Janice, why don't we why don't we talk start with you since uh, Fran's been talking. Uh, what is a what does a typical week look like for you guys? Okay, so a typical week. My main role is as a wife and a mom. That's my main ministry. Um, a pilot that is well taken care of and well fed is a safer, more effective pilot. But when we um, when I have opportunities, I I find lots of ways to help around center, like you saw in the video. Um, there's my main ministry is at the besides being a wife and mom is at the kids' school, kind of as a teacher's aide, and then I um, yeah I just I help with different things. What did you ask? Uh, a typical what's a, day. <laughs> what's a typical week like? A typical week would include like going to the market. You know, we have to wash every single vegetable. We have to soak it in bleach. We have to. Um, get the kids to and from school. We you know, have Bible study. It's kind of the same. It just looks a little bit different. Yeah. 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 So how do you get groceries? So there's a tiny store on, we call it the center, the, the Ukarumpa, the city that you saw. There's a little tiny grocery store that gets food from Australia every, what, like four months? Like every, every four-ish months, they get a shipment of food from Australia. So that's kind of the only processed-type food that we get. And then um, other than that, it's food at the market. Gotcha. Vegetables and stuff. So, yeah. 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 Um, so, Fran, how often do you fly during the week? I mean, do you get up every morning and go fly somewhere? Or what is that? I fly between four and five days a week. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. So you'll... What does that look like? Do you get up, head out on a trip, come back that evening? Normally, uh, it's a day trip, so we're in and back. Um, we'll sometimes fly all around parts of the country, dropping off or picking up missionaries or people, and, and then head back, hopefully by the end of the evening. Yeah. And so, yeah. Yeah, sometimes, okay, we do get stuck where... Our airstrip is kind of tucked in the mountains, so if it starts raining or clouds come in, we have to fly to a different place and spend the night or stay the night in the village. Gotcha. So, um, what do you do in your downtime? <laughs> downtime. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you're not flying. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like hanging out with my friends, hanging out with family. Um, there's guys that I get to play with sports with. Um, I fiddle around with uh, woodworking a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, and it's, is it an international community then an at international. the center? Mm -hmm. So we have people from Colombia. Every country Germany, in Europe. Yeah. South America. All missionaries that have come from all over the world to help with the same Bible translation goal. Um, so it's a very diverse community that yeah. we live in, but it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. There, um, by the way, I think on Facebook, if you follow them on Facebook, it's really a fascinating <laughs> way to be able to keep up because I, I see you guys do like Christmas and yeah. Thanksgiving, yeah. like, and different things like that together. And it seems like you're a pretty close knit community there. Yeah, we are. We are. They, God has been faithful to kind of give us 
that family, so we're so far away from our real families, that God has kind of just given us this awesome community of friends and stuff that become our family over there. So, yeah. Great. Um, okay, so what is something great about PNG that you didn't expect? For, for me, it is the community. I wasn't expecting to have so many great relate great um, co-work, you know, these are co-workers, these are friends. You kind of just do life together because you're on a center. You see them at the church, you see them at the store, you see them at school. So in a way, it can be annoying sometimes, but they're also your, your people. And so that was a huge blessing that I didn't expect was to have that community surrounding us. But as far as Papua New Guinea, it's just a beautiful country. I mean, it's just breathtakingly beautiful. We always say, we live on an island in the South Pacific. Right. <laughs> we do. But um, it's just gorgeous. And we've had um, opportunities to go all over and just see different things. And, yeah, it's been cool. What would you say? Yeah, the community is great. Uh, it's always neat to see how it's um, something unexpected happens to a family, how the whole community will come around and help out and build that family up and another thing I, I really didn't think of how much of an impact like I knew I'd be flying missionaries and stuff but I didn't realize how much of an impact we'd be having on the local people and how we we really do help them out and really provide them we can show them God's love in, in that way yeah. was that a volcano erupting it was. is that a normal thing yes yeah yeah <laughs> So. On the coast. On the coast. Yeah, on the coast. So, yeah. 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 So it's not like it's not nearby. No, we're not right there. No. Yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> what about your church? What's your church like? Our church is full of expats um, or people of all nationalities. Um, it's in English and uh, it's different, yeah. So there's no pastor per se, it's more of each person, someone takes a turn each Sunday, so it's very different. Um, it's really good to be back in the have United a pastor. States where you have a pastor <laughs> yeah. and someone leading the flock. So yeah. yeah. Then there's also um, the local church that we can go to, which would look like a little hut, you know, dirt floor, yeah. um, all in another language, so um, either one, yeah, either one. So there were some pictures there. Yeah. What is the craziest animal you interact with regularly? Regularly. Or what's the craziest animal you've had to interact with? Shay would be good at this. Our son, he's the animal guy. Um, what would you say, Shay? Probably, well, one of the most interesting things was, I don't know if any of y'all know what an echidna is. Um, it's, it's like a... Um, not a marsupial, what's it called, Shane? Um, they have babies in their pouches, kind of like a platypus, but it walks around on land, and um, it's highly endangered, like it's on the endangered list in the world, but someone was just selling it at the market for, like, dinner. Like, oh. just come and make this for dinner. Was it alive? Yeah, it was alive, walking around, and it's, it's actually a long-beaked echidna, which is even more rare. They haven't got the long nose. And they're like, well, if someone doesn't buy this, we're going to eat it, you know? And we try to tell them, preserve. Like, they don't realize yeah. that they're, you yeah. know, they don't know about extinction and all that stuff. But, um, so that was pretty interesting. 
that Did we have. Did you guys have. take it in? No, because they were charging like $1,000 okay. for it. So I'm like, sorry, I don't love it that much. But um, we see cool things all the time, like those tree kangaroos yeah. and there's bird of paradise. And yeah, it's neat. There's a uh, bird called the cassowary and it's about five and a half feet tall and has big claws and very, very impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of looks like a dinosaur. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. And snakes. And snakes. There are snakes. <laughs> Thankfully, we're up in the highlands, so we don't have a, like a lot of poisonous snakes. So um, down at the lowlands, you're gonna get the death adders and like the things that kill you in one step, you know. Yeah. So we're a little bit sheltered from that, so that's nice. So what is the climate like where you live? Mm-hmm. It's perfect. I mean, <laughs> really nice. It's it averages about 80 degrees every day and then drops down to about um, 40 or 50 degrees at night and and we have two seasons uh, rainy season and dry season Um, rainy season can be quite mushy and muddy and there's dirt always on the floor and you just live with it and dry season it's very dry (laughs) all right so let me transition then to how we can uh, pray for y'all and care for y'all so I'm I'm wearing these this uh procedure right here um so the burgesses are at the like beginning yeah. stages of an adoption yeah uh from india so you want to tell us just a little bit about where you're at with that yeah sure so we're we're like you said in the beginning-ish process of um of the adoption and we really felt strongly like god was asking us to adopt from india and uh, that had never been on our hearts or minds before. Um, but after praying about it, we both had that same kind of conclusion. And, um, but as missionaries, adoption is just extra complicated because we, you know, we're overseas. Um, we're already fundraising for other things, so that it's like more fundraising. And so it's just been an, an extra, a very big extra step that we still feel like God is asking us to pursue it. Um, and uh, it's look, it is going a little slow, but that's normal, I know. And um, we probably will be returning to Papua New, Gu- to Papua New Guinea this summer. Um, so we'll just keep working on the adoption from there. And then just trust the Lord with his timing if we need to come back from Papua New Guinea. Or if we need to wait till next furlough or whatever. Or come home for an early furlough. We're just going to kind of work on it and then just see what he does. Yeah. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. So, so how can we specifically be praying for y'all? What, what, are, what are the specific prayer requests that you have right now? Um, I guess for the adoption, uh, that it just has been, it, God makes it clear if we should delay our time or go. Um, uh, we would like to wait, but we understand that's not possible. Um, other ways, it's just uh, as we start transitioning toward leaving the United States that we can get everything accomplished and, um, yeah, become, uh, we have to become uh, fully funded, too, so that's another thing as well. How close are you to fully funded? I think we're about 85% okay. fully funded. So, yeah, they don't allow you to go back until you're at 100%. Um, so we're close, yeah. Good. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I saw you, you're already putting boxes together to... Yeah, because a shipment goes out, goes to Papua New Guinea from our kind of headquarters in North Carolina. Um, a shipment goes across the ocean on a boat um, twice a year? Three times. Three times a year. 
And so we can try to get some stuff on that shipment that we don't want to stick in our suitcases, like heavy stuff, because we don't pay by pound, we pay volume. So we can put really heavy stuff um, and uh, get some stuff shipped across there. So we're trying to get that done. That has to kind of go before us. Can we send you guys things over there? Yes, yes. Sarah, Kate, and Jay know all about this. So talk to, talk to them. Good. They've, they've been amazing and helping, and a lot of you guys, um, coordinating like Christmas packages and cards and letters. Like y'all have no idea that makes our month. Because when you go to that little mailbox, it's usually like empty. No one wants to send, no one wants to put two stamps on a letter. That's like too expensive. So we like never get mail. But then when we open up that thing and there's, it's called a golden ticket. It's like a yellow piece of paper that says, you have a package, come and get it. Oh my gosh. It's just like, it's Christmas. So we love, we love getting mail. And y'all, a lot of y'all have been so awesome and emailing and writing us notes and encouraging us Yes. Great. It's been awesome. Does anybody have, is there any, anybody that has a question just like, right? Yes. All right. Right. How long have you guys been there? We've been there four years. So this is our first time up. Yeah. And how long, uh, how many like pilots are there and how many units and like, um, planes? We have four planes and two helicopters. Um, we have about 11 or 12 pilots, not including. And then we have three helicopter pilots, and uh, we have a lot of, we, have, we have probably have 10 mechanics at the moment. It's a very large production, yeah. <laughs> and all the planes are the same kind of plane, the Kodiak that you saw in the video. That's the only kind of plane, yeah. We serve the whole community. So we work in partner. We partner with a lot of other organizations as well. For flights. Yeah. So, like, if there's a Papua New Guinean, like he's flown um, women with pregnancy complications that were stuck out in the village, you know. So he's gone and medevac them, or even like AIDS patients, or um, people with, I mean, all kinds of things. He's he's been able to help get them to the hospital. Um, that they could never have gotten there before. So, and then he does the same thing for missionaries who are who are living out in the village. He can get them out if they need help and stuff like that. So, yeah. Is fuel readily available, or do you guys have access to fuel? Fuel is readily available at the moment. It wasn't as dramatic as the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how do you guys, countrywide, where you located, access power? Um, Good question. What would you I mean, yeah, obviously, you've done a lot of work against it all by hand. Is it like what do you do? So, our center has three generators that are running 24 7 to supply power. And, um, we Water is all collected by rain, and we have our own tanks that whatever our roof catches is our, our drinking water. Um, do you ever have any issues that in the dry season? Yes. yes. <laughs> People's tanks dry up all the time, and then they have to get river water and like bleach it. So it's not ideal. 
but um, or boil it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, everyone has a massive water tank next to their house. But then internet is we pay by megabyte. Yeah. We have to pay by, so we don't do a lot of like YouTube videos and stuff like that because we're paying, you know, paying for all of that. So. The weirdest animal I've ever flown was probably the tree kangaroo that was a picture of. That's probably the weirdest. Very unusual. Mm -hmm. yeah. They don't fly a lot. No, it's no, not no, normal. Usually don't. No. <laughs> they usually don't. As a, as a pilot, how did you, like, oh, I'm going to go fly in the bush, mm. you know, as a missionary? It's yeah. so unusual. Like, how did that? Yeah. Um, so when I was at Southeastern or Bible College, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do and where God was having me. And he just brought it to my mind. Uh, I went to go visit her parents that were in Bolivia at the time. And we, I was thinking about flying then. And we took a mission plane to go visit one of the villages. He had, his, her dad had planted a church in. And I was hooked. And I thought, this is, this is what I want to do. Um, we had originally been assigned to Cameroon, Africa, because that's where we said, we'll go where the biggest need is. And they were like, oh, Cameroon, we need you there. So we had to go to France to learn French, because that's what they speak. And then at the end of our language learning time, like a year and a half, the Cameroonian aviation boss was like, really sorry, the aviation program has changed. We don't actually need any new pilots. And so that completely fell through. Like we had Africa, that was where, that's where we thought we were gonna go forever. And um, God completely changed that. And the only place at that time that needed pilots was Papua New Guinea. So he just, he orchestrated it in a very unexpected way, but we know that's where we're supposed to be, you know, so yeah. How's, how's your French now? <laughs> it's not that great. No? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, Garrett, you got a question? Ah, good question. What was the question? Why do we wash our vegetables in bleach? So they use like river water to um, water their gardens and their plants. And a lot of people, well, most people don't have bathrooms in Papua New Guinea. And so a lot of them take baths and sometimes use the bathroom in the river. And so then they're taking that water and watering all the vegetables and it's like on the lettuce, you know. And so they're just really germy, and um, you would get sick if you ate them without washing them. And so we always have to take every little piece of lettuce and soak it and wash it like three times, get the slugs off first, and then the earwigs, and then the germs. So it's just like a huge process to have a salad. I'm like, it's not worth it. So here, those bag salads that you open, so beautiful. <laughs> That's a good question, though. It's to keep us from getting sick. Yeah. What do you miss most about being here? So family. Both of our parents live in Birmingham, so that's kind of our home base. Um, so we miss them, but they've all come out to see us, which has been really cool because it's not cheap. <laughs> so that was great. Um, and conveniences. We just miss. I miss getting in my car and just like driving on the interstate by myself, you know, or whatever. I, it's not really safe for me to leave the center. Um, by myself, so we're kind of, we're really confined, um, and sometimes it gets a little claustrophobic. Like I need to get out of here. 
So I miss just just being able to be spontaneous and just go somewhere or go to Target or whatever, you know. And uh, yeah, what would you say? speed up with um, new Bible software programs to help, and that's been helping out getting things a little bit faster, but it's still probably a 15 to 20 year commitment. People are giving their entire like adult lives to, to a Bible translation, and uh, a lot of the places they're having to go in and actually create an alphabet. There's not even an alphabet, so that's like square one. Creating, listening for sounds, writing them down, creating an alphabet, and then going from there. I mean, it's just a, it's an incredible process. So, yeah. Josh? It's not easy. Are there any sticky situations that he's tapping into blind? That's the question. Um, weather's always an issue there. Um, sometimes you'll fly into a canyon and then expect it to be one thing and then it's not and you're having to whip it around or not whip it around, turn it real quick <laughs> to get back out. Um, that's probably, weather is probably the stickiest situation. We had a helicopter pilot who, uh, they can't carry as much fuel, so they'll land, take uh, gas cans out of the back and fill them up. And he landed one time, and apparently it was the wrong spot. And people started to jump on board while he was trying to fill it up. And so he had to take off, and because they were actually threatening him with his life. And they were hanging on the helicopter as he's taking off and falling. So that was probably the scariest event, I think, it was out of the 60 years uh, we've been flying there. So, yeah. Are you mostly accepted where you show up? Most places they 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 welcome us. They want because they know if anything were to happen to us, no one would go there and help them. So they they, they know it's, it's and we, we do them a service, and so they, they appreciate us. And it's their responsibility to keep the runway cut and safe for the pilots to land. If they do a flyover and it's not it hasn't been cut, they don't land there. So they don't get their services. You know what I mean? So it's their responsibility. If it's important enough to them. They'll keep it clean and safe for them to land. So that just instills value in them, like, oh, this is important for me. It's important enough for me to help maintain the runway and the area. Yeah. Um, sorry. Do once you have a Bible translated, do you just have to do a bunch of class while reading it at that point? Because most of it's a spoken language, right, and not a written language. So the Bible translators will print the Bible for sure, but then they'll also make an audible Bible. So they can, it's a little device that has solar panels and they can push play and there's someone reading the Bible to them. So that's one, one thing. We also send a group of people um, with literacy. So we're always trying to teach people how to read and write it's to prepare them for the Bible when they get the Bible. And then we actually teach them how to read the Bible and how to look at the Bible and their culture. Because we don't want them to become a, another United States or America. We want them to keep what's 
unique about their culture, but change what's evil and what's wrong and, and make it look more like Christ. So we don't want to change their culture completely. We just want to make it look more like Christ. And so we have a group of people who go and do that as well. All right. Well, we probably have some little ones who are tired of sitting. Let's do this. Um, let's, uh, why don't we, you guys are going to be here for a few minutes, yeah, right? Yeah. So the goal of the morning or the afternoon, whatever time it is, uh, is to have an opportunity to get to know the Burgesses a little bit. Um, so they'll be around here. If you've got some more questions, uh, you can come up. What I'd like to do to, to close, um, I, I'll close this off. Could I just have a couple of men uh, maybe pray for uh, Fran and Janice about their needs, about their ministry, um, and then I'll, I'll close it off. We just have a couple of our people who would volunteer to, to pray for them. Uh, or I'm going to call on somebody if uh, nobody volunteers. So, Edison, you want to pray? All right, we got one. Tony, you the, you the second guy? All right, let's do it. Edison, come on up here and let, why don't you start us off? Father, even as we've been learning, um, we praise you for the new covenant ministry that we have of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, we know that it is powerful. Uh, Father, we thank you uh, for using people like the Burgesses to go beyond uh, the comfortable and the nearby to the faraway places to take um, that powerful new covenant message. Uh, even as as uh, Fran had on the screen a, a little while ago that the word of God is powerful to change lives. And um, Father, we ask that you would prepare this family now as they're um, beginning to transition, to think about going back. Um, Father, we pray that you would prepare them uh, with, with the finances that they need. We pray that you would prepare them spiritually and emotionally for that trip back and the work that you have for them to do there. Father, I pray for their adoption. And Lord, I, I know your timing. God, I, I know so well that there is a child uh, that, that is, is going to be their child and your timing will be perfect uh, for them to adopt that child. So Father, I pray that you would help Fran and Janice to be patient. Father, I pray that you would provide um, as you've already done for exactly what they need exactly uh, when they need it. Um, to, to have that uh, work out. And then, Father, I pray that you would give um, us as hope, wisdom, to support them. Lord, I pray that you would use your spirit um, to open our eyes to ways that we can encourage them. Remind us to send uh, notes and different things that, that will, will just be an encouragement to them as they do that work. 
um, on, on the field. And uh, God, we know uh, that you're a great God. Unite us together, I pray with the Burgesses. Lord, may we um, just do whatever we can to, to contribute to the work that you intend to do through them. Uh, thank you for our day. Thank you for our time together, this beautiful day out here. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, so everybody hang around. I think there's still some more snacks in here and some things like that. And uh, we'll see you. See you next week. Normal time, normal place.